Say hello to the bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. All right, welcome to Say Hello to the Bad Guy. I'm your host, Locke, and this is the podcast where we drink, smoke, and bullshit about the life of a historic criminal. Now we're talking outlaws and gangsters. We're not going to cover too many serial killers. That's just a little bit dark for me, and this ain't no true crime podcast. Honestly, you can't call this a history podcast because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host. So first with us today, we got J-Bone. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Then also with us today, we got Tone. What up? On the fourth mic today, we got Lorraine McLean. Hello. 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 All right. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Thanks for having us. Thank you, sir. So uh, J-Bone, I guess we'll kick it off with you because you actually have something I've never seen in my life, which is pretty tough to do. So Yeah. Um, when we like go it's Japanese, it's kind of been on the show a few times. It's usually the classic Sapporo, but this is called Asai, is the proper Japanese <laughs> pronunciation. It's supercharged, super dry, mm-hmm. and canned. In Japan, it's not like a Corona, like made in right where we call it Mexican, and it's fucking bottled Concord, in North Dakota. Fucking, yeah, like I, I yeah. like that he said that that's the proper Japanese pronunciation. He has no clue. We were sitting. Here I swear to <laughs> no, on all that's Bushido, son. Like I was captain of my Kaizen team. Like that is the exact pronunciation. It's huge. That's what she said. <laughs> she did say that. <laughs> All right, uh, Tone, what do you got to drink today? Dragon's Milk White. Nice. It's a bourbon barrel age. It's a white stout, 6%. Very tasty. You ever, you ever had one of these? So we did. We uh, we went out to watch my, my son play football this year, and we were out in Grand Rapids. And uh, we went to the New Holland Brewery, and they have okay. they have literally a Dragon's Milk menu. Oh, where they have so many different variants of it. Okay. And uh, but so many variants. But yeah, definitely, definitely a fan. What do you think? I like it a lot. It's real, real good. Lorraine McLean, she's actually. We'll, we'll get into what she's drinking, but she's actually drinking it out of a New Holland glass. I have Godiva white chocolate on ice. See, but that matches with your Dragon's Milk White. Right? Yeah. Fucking white Godiva, white Godiva, Dragon Milk White. You guys yeah. went creamy. I went samurai. Wanna, Locked. Wanna that brings some? us to you. What do you uh? What do you got over there? So I went with the founders, and uh, this is one I've never had. So it's called Fruitwood, but it's the fruits R O. It's F R O O T Fruitwood. So it's a cherry ale, but it's part of their bourbon barrel series. Yeah. So it's a cherry ale soaked in maple bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a limited edition beer. Mm. It's really fucking good. It's an eight percenter. See, another first. I thought, like, you said it's limited edition, but I'd never even seen that Founders. And I obviously frequent, like, everybody on the show, like, all the team frequents the Founders section. And I believe it's, um, I I looked really hard to try and find it, and I couldn't find what kind of cherries, but, like, in the Charisse and most of the other ones, they use Michigan tart cherries. Yeah. So I'm going to assume that, that it's Michigan. That chocolate cherry one, too, isn't that by yeah. them with Michigan tart it? cherries? Yeah. Traverse City Boys? Um, but yeah, so the, if you look at the art on it, that's one of the things I definitely wanted to, uh, 
Yeah, I like the tree. It almost looks like Yggdrasil, like the tree of life with the roots and then, you know. Oh, that's why it's Because I'm looking fruit. at the big tree right there and that looks very huh. Norse, like the tree of life. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the the, the art on that. Because it's, it's kind of simple, but it's fairly dope too. It is a dope. That would be like a hat or a t-shirt I would wear. Support for Say Hello to the Bad Guy is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. So Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They just launched their, their fourth-generation trimmer to Lawnmower 4.0. So join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. We are among the first people to try the 4.0. It's next level. It's got ceramic blades, so they're high-performance. It's got 4,000K LED spotlight. Which you can turn it on or off. Light them up, 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 light them up. <laughs> and uh, it's also got a multi-function on and off switch that can engage a travel lock. But one thing I wanted to mention, because we talk a lot about the 4.0, and it is their flagship product. But they got all kinds of other stuff, too. So, And it all helps the podcast. So they have lip balm. They have body wash. They have shampoo. Like, you name it, they have it. Um, so you can go through and check any of their products. You guys got the 4.0 performance kit. What did you guys think? That shit's great, man. Yeah. <laughs> last pair of clippers I'll ever need. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code badguypodcast at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code badguy. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So that's cool. If they already have the old shaver, they could buy lip balm and use the bad guy code and still... Help the podcast. So exactly. that applies to everything. Though. That's sweet. Yeah, any product at all. Well, and if you're using the stuff, they have like the crop preserver, the crop reviver, the ball deodorant, that kind of stuff. and uh, Foot deodorant, a whole, yeah, foot deodorant. whole variety of, oh, like yes. just, just general health hygiene stuff that you don't think about. They got, they got traditional regular razors, you know, one blade, yep. you know, style razor and everything is high quality. So if you just want a traditional style razor for your face, it's called the plow. They have those. But everything is high quality. I gotta try that foot powder. I mean, my balls smell great after twelve <laughs> hours of work. Now How do you my know? feet fucking need something. How do you know? <laughs> Positive feedback. Ask my wife. <laughs> Five star reviews. <laughs> so is it weird to to buy your brother ball shaving stuff? Why not? Well, I, I discussed this with Tank. I think we're going to normalize men supporting other yeah. men in their fucking hygiene, man. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So join over 4 million men worldwide to trust Manscaped. 20% off and free shipping worldwide with the code badguyatmanscaped.com. And then also before we get started, I got to make sure I take the time to thank Sixfo Swaino for letting us use his music in the intro. I got to thank Cancer for letting us use his music in the mid-roll. You can follow them both on Instagram. It's six fo sueno, fo is F O E, and then it's Cancer the God. The E is a three. And then if you're having any time hard time finding any of those, you can click go to the website badguypodcast.com and click through there. You can also follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Bad Guy Podcast and then Twitter at the Bad Guy Pod. And if you want to send us an email, because it turns out I haven't given out the email in a long time, the email is say hello to the bad guy podcast at gmail.com. Are you on YouTube? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so we are on YouTube now and we are trying to get to a thousand subscribers. It's important to us, but yeah, go subscribe to the YouTube. So a lot of people listen to it already through the podcast players, but we've been hearing from the beginning to 
go to YouTube and some people just watch through YouTube. So you could still, I mean, you can't watch it. It's not any video or anything, but you can go listen to the episode. So go subscribe to the YouTube and uh, you can listen to there too. Yeah. Just put it on your TV and your whole family can listen. Yeah. This is family fun for the, uh, (laughs) in case your whole family wants to hear about fucking smooth balls. (laughs) Gather around by the fireplace, listen to a minty ball, Yuletide story and. Bring in a Christmas. <laughs> what, what, which uh, which president was that? The Fireside Chats? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Roosevelt, I believe. Yeah, I think it was FDR. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it was FDR. Oh, yeah, yeah. Franklin. Because <laughs> the Great Depression. So we'll go ahead and get started. And the bad guy we're covering today is Rafael Lopez. This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface. Final scene. Fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend. I went to school with this guy. <laughs> Southwest Detroit. See. All right. Rafael Lopez, a.k.a. Red. Red. And I'll just let you guys know up front, if you guys are going to wait at some point for me to explain, like, the explanation behind the nickname Red, I don't have one. So He didn't have red hair. I mean, since you wanted to cut right to it, I would just assume until that came up in the story naturally, like, that he had red hair maybe. Like, some of the theories, they say that uh, it could be that he wore a red bandana all the time. Mm. Some people say that he maybe had red hair. It doesn't look like any of those. I mean, I don't know. Any of them could be. I think maybe I they was... just called him Red because his name was Raphael, and they just called him Red because. It's really tough to say. But there's no logical explanation. There's a handful of ideas, but none of them are confirmed. What I thought when I saw it is that he got caught red-handed. <laughs> <laughs> it will never be discover it hasn't It'll been go discovered down in yet it's, we're not gonna figure not it out today so rafael lopez was born in mexico around 1886 both his father and his uncle would eventually become generals in pancho villa's army so he came from a fairly militant background as a kid he was sent to new mexico with his younger brother to work in the mines while in new mexico uh, work in the mines in addition to becoming a talented miner he also became an elite horse rider and marksman and by the early 1910s he is said to have sometimes joined in traveling wild west troops including traveling with buffalo bill cody's wild west show um apparently when he do the wild west shows his specialty was horseback marksmanship so he is a great rider and a great shot and he was a good combination of both and i've seen films of those dudes what they would do in that same show, you ride the horse and you pull the rein and you stand up on the back of the horse and you shoot the rifle. Okay. And you're accurate as far like I mean, we can all hit something with a rifle. But not st- I don't even know stand if J Bone should be horse. standing up on a horse <laughs> with the rein, like surfing yeah. on a horse. I know that he shouldn't be. <laughs> well, hey, now you guys are laying out challenges. That we'll put that shit on our Instagram. <laughs> yeah. If a pony can hold me up and go really slow around your backyard. I'll shoot a BB gun off of it. <laughs> we don't have a pony, but we have German Shepherds. Will that work? Well, yeah. There we go. So I'm a decent shot with a rifle, but if you ever watch, like... You're the... not a decent dude on a horse. <laughs> well, if if you see the tactical training, like where you see, like, uh, Keanu Reeves training for John Wick and shit like that, where right. they're moving while switching... Or if sw- that switching bus goes under 50 miles shit. an hour. You never know, bro. <laughs> but... Like, I can't even do that. Like, if I'm standing still and aiming, I'm okay. But I can't even walk and walk and draw or walk and switch pieces. So I couldn't imagine trying to do that. I can barely walk on and horseback. tax. <laughs> yeah. 
So it looks like a circus, except for it kind of was. It was. It was oh. like a old wet, like a um a rodeo meets a circus. Okay, I've been to a rodeo in the 1910s. It was still close enough to the Wild West where people remember that, but it was civilized enough where that wasn't a huge thing anymore. So it was kind of this thing where they would do that tour to bring the Wild West experience to, you know, local communities and towns. And, you know, this was pre, there wasn't many theaters at all. And there definitely wasn't any movie radio and stuff like that. So when any kind of circus or fair or whatever came to town, it was a big deal. So these Wild West shows were like one of the big traveling circus things at the time. In 1912, a bunch of Greek miners who were the main force in Bingham, Utah, went on strike. So the Utah Copper Company turned to Mexican labor to keep production moving. So the more things change, the more things stay the same. Many of these Mexicans, including Red Lopez, opted to stay after the labor issues were resolved. One of the reasons it seemed like they were just making really good money. He was a really good miner. He was pretty talented. So he was making a shitload of money. So he's kind of like, well... Fuck it. I'll just stay here in Utah and this will be my job. So in late 1913, he was working in Bingham, Utah. Let me see. Here's Bingham, Utah. So this was like a real, just kind of a minor. A boom town. Yeah, boom town. It's a a late boom town. So early 1900s is kind of late to still have boom towns. But Utah was still out in the West. That wasn't a fully, fully developed yet. So some parts of Utah don't even have color TV yet. (laughs) Stop. Wait, were there Mormons there? Uh, There were Mormons there by now. Yeah. For sure. No, well, ever since we called it Utah. There yeah, the Mormons helped settle oh. Utah. Yeah. Okay. The Mormons didn't just help settle Utah. The, Utah. the Mormons were like pioneers to the westward expansion. And A they, lot of Oregon Trail, the game, is owed to them. Yeah. Like, for real. Like, well, thank you, Mormons. Well, they were so big on the westward expansion, <laughs> at one point, they moved way west to Missouri, and then the rest of oh. America caught up, and they are like, <laughs> fuck, man, let's go wester. Let's just keep going. <laughs> let's go wester. They're like hidden in these mountains. No one will find us here. And spoiler alert, they still found them. They just came and fucking jumped on their Mormon community. Maybe that's what happened. Rafael Lopez and the Mormons were like, oh, you caught us red handed. <laughs> and then they call him red. I don't always go on Mormon missions, but when I do, <laughs> I drink those <laughs> So while he's working in Bingham, Utah, on November 21st, he gets into it with a guy named Juan Valdez. The coffee picking dude? Not that, not oh, that Juan Valdez. A different Juan Valdez. Come on, man. <laughs> Your brothers in Java. <laughs> You're in the wrong line of work with a name like that, man. <laughs> so they they get into it. There's different stories over what it was over. A senorita. I the, can almost guarantee. The fight may have been over a woman. That's one of the common stories. See. See? But Red at some point becomes a bit of a Robin Hood figure. So some people say it was uh, he was avenging his brother's murder, but I feel like I would have heard that his brother got murdered at some point in the story. Yeah, somebody would have for sure called so you. So he wasn't becoming a Robin Hood figure. He was becoming a <laughs> Casanova figure. He is for the ladies. Well, and the other thing that makes me think it was over a woman was he shot him to death coming out of the lady's house. Mm. So In his boxers, <laughs> holding his pants and shit and his hat. Screaming, this is over a woman. (laughs) (laughs) So either way, Red shot and killed him. But yes, I'm assuming when looking at the story, having done a bunch of research, it sounds like it was probably over a lady. So Red unloads his gun into Juan Valdez. Uh, He dies instantly. And 
Red panics and he flees on foot through the mountains and he hides out in a ranch near Utah Lake in the area that's now known as Saratoga Springs. Mm. That's like a big resort too. Like there's a pampering spa and like. Not in 1913. No, (laughs) not with the likes of Red shooting up husbands coming home from a long day of work. How dare you not let me sleep with your wife no more. (laughs) The pleasure should have been both of yours. So immediately after the killing, Marshal John William Grant quickly puts together a posse of four lawmen to catch Red. And you know this dude is serious, not because he's an early Texas Ranger or nothing like that, because it's one of them old school Western dudes that were saying all three names. When it's Michael Montgomery going to fuck you up, like, oh, yeah, that dude always catches up to the group. He might not always bag the fucking bad guy, but he's going to catch up to this dude. So, yeah, he he puts together a posse of four lawmen, and since Red was on foot, they were able to track and catch up to him fairly quick. On their horses, I hope. Yeah. Well, Andy ran through the mountains, and there was snow in them, so they were like, follow these footprints. Okay, we got them. Which way did he go? (laughs) There's two sets of rabbit footprints, and... Oh, Red's fucking moccasins. And he's in his boxers, you said. (laughs) (laughs) So they're able to track him and catch up to him real quick, and they locate him at a ranch hiding out. They're like, okay, we found him. He's hiding out at this ranch here. Let's go get him. So at 4.30 in the afternoon, they approach the ranch on horseback. Now, what they didn't know that Red was onto him the whole time they were following him. He had made dinner at 3.30 and was already done napping. (laughs) Like, no. Yeah, so he was just chilling, and he knows they're following him, and he's just bringing them to where he wants them to go. So they're like, oh, he's in his house. So they just start riding up to the house like a bunch of fucking dummy lawmen. You know, Rambo in there, fucking <laughs> the Southwest Rambo, just has them right where he wants them. He was watching them coming into the clearing, hitting in a ditch at a distance that the Salt Lake Tri- Tribune later reported as 118 yards. And he's a trick shot artist, and he can, like, shoot out of a helicopter and off a horse and da-da-da and da-da-da. So, yeah, easy pickings. Yeah. Because it's a four-man posse coming at him. Right, so the whole time they're like, man, we're going to catch him quick. This motherfucker is not very good at this. And the whole time Red's like, no, come on this way, man. I'm right over here. Oh, darn, you got me. <laughs> so he opens fire with his lever action 30, 30-odd 30 six. With three shots, he hit Marshal John William Grant in the back. Deputy Nephi Jensen in the pelvis, and then Deputy George Whip back in his right side. And said, I could have hit you all in a fatal spot, but I'm playing with you. <laughs> well, they all three died. <laughs> Whoa. Every shot was fatal back then. Yeah. <laughs> well, and honestly. Yeah, they all died four days later. Like, <laughs> The the one with the, the one that got shot in the pelvis actually died quicker. So John William Grant, he got shot in the back. He died right away. Nephi Jensen, he got shot in the pelvis and he died like in 20 minutes. Probably caught him right on that big femoral artery. artery right. right. There, like. Well, it probably bounced off into his guts or something. You know, like you said, back then, every shot's fatal. And then, and they couldn't get him out of there. So uh, the other guy, George Whitbeck, he laid there screaming for two hours and died just before help showed up. That's so, gross. Deputy Julius Sorensen was the only one to survive. And that was because he got thrown from his horse during the volley. So Red starts popping off shots, and they start falling. He gets thrown from his horse. He eventually jumps up and tries to start shooting back. And uh, by then, Red Lopez already bounced out on foot again. He got lucky for his horse being a pussy. Right, the horse is like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> so he's the one that said the guy screamed for two hours because he was there, right? Yeah, so he stayed there trying to take care of them. That makes and sense. And then uh, by the time help showed up, 
like I said, the one guy died after 20 minutes. The other guy screamed for two hours and died just in time for help to get there. Shit. So Red doubled back towards B- Bingham. At some point, he stopped at one of his buddies' house grabbing a Winchester 3030. And uh, so one of the reasons they said that the fourth deputy survived is they said it might have been a misfire from a bullet. It might have been a jam. I think it was probably a jam or it could have been a misfire bullet that damaged the gun because he originally started shooting at him with a 30 odd six. And then when he took out, he went when he went back, he picked up a new rifle and he grabbed a Winchester 3030. So something might have happened that damaged his gun. In, a, in addition to his pussy ass horse, you know, it might have just been a little <laughs> natural luck there, too. But either way, Red doubles back towards Bingham. He picks up a new Winchester 3030, and he goes and hides out in the mini silver mine that he was familiar with. So after word gets out about the shooting, another posse was formed. This time it was over 200 men, including both lawmen and armed civilians. Now, this is one of the reasons that Red became like kind of a Robin Hood figure, because once the word gets out that this happened, they put this, this posse together of 200 men. But they immediately, they just start rounding up like random Mexicans and arresting them for vagrancy and just, you know, this sh- part typical of, America shit. That part <laughs> of his story, of Red's story, very much mirrors the whole Pancho Villa thing. Well, right. So all the Mexicans support him because they're like, what the fuck did we do? And they're like, shut up. And, you know, they're just arresting him and shit. Like, we're pissed at this one Mexican and we can't fucking catch him. So we're going to arrest arrest and beat fucking every mexican we could find i got a plan let's eradicate mexicanism <laughs> that's how you know that's the yep. kind of shit they were on back then so yeah so th- this new posse includes both lawmen and armed civilians and they eventually track him to the mind and they surround it they surround it posting men at all the entrances and exits how would they find him there i don't know they just like do. it's a, a whole state of mountains there's probably still <laughs> snow on the ground <laughs> they followed his footprints. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, look, it's back in the day at Utah. You can only go so many places. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, there's no Salt Lake City. The Jazz aren't playing the Pistons this weekend. Like, it's... <laughs> Right. No one's just going to, just not going to go hang out in the mountains. Just die. So, yeah, they, tra- they track one of the mine. They post men at all the entrances and exits. And after seven days, they decide to go with... Uh... I hope Red had a lunch in there. Damn. <laughs> Well, they decide to go with the George W. plan. They're going to smoke them out. out. Yeah. This is the Rambo plan. Remember they shoot the rocket in there? <laughs> and then he survives the explosion and fucks him up. So go on with this story. This is now, getting great. Now you know where that movie plot came yeah, from. Yeah, exactly. So, but wait, they just they waited seven days before they were like, let's smoke them out. Well, yeah, because they figured, well, look, we got, we got this mine surrounded. We got every exit and every entrance covered. He's got to come out. And so they're waiting there for a fucking week. And you don't come out, and they're like, well, they're "Fuck, like, we gotta do something." And you know they're cooking right at the door of the mine, right. bacon and yeah. eggs. So you that smell these smell. tacos. <laughs> <laughs> come oh, on, Red. you smell them. <laughs> you come get your last meal. We're gonna execute your ass, but you come get this last meal. You took our germs. <laughs> After seven days, you would think maybe he's not in there. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out. William McCutchinson McGunther went around back. There's a back door. He went out that four days ago. We've been camping up front for nothing. Are you sure there was an entrance at the top of the mountain? So on the eighth day, deputies James D. Halsey and Vaso Mandarick entered the mine to light a fire to smoke them out of the tunnel. So their plan was they had one of the big mine carts. So they're going to fill that up full of shit. 
light it on fire. Donkey they, Kong? They probably should have filled it up with a, some shit. We went Donkey Kong? Right, and just pushed it in there. Right, like, here's Kong country? <laughs> just roll some barrels in there. He'll come out. Whoa, yes, Tone, that would have been a much smarter idea right. to have just done. Instead, they decide that they're going to light this mining cart from inside the mine and shove it in there further. <laughs> Oops, it was full of methane. They blew themselves up. Mm. Like well, MacGruber. No, no, no. <laughs> so Red ambushed both the officers, shooting them both with his thirty thirty, and killed them both. God so damn. he was right there waiting. For eight days, girl. He was laying right there, like... <laughs> At the entrance, like, there they are with the fire. Get them. So now they lose their shit, and they're like, God damn it. Like, he was in there for fucking eight days. How, he was just waiting there. Out of the 200, maybe we shouldn't have sent our two best men in there to the sharpshooting <laughs> fucking... Exhibitionist, fucking great red. Well, so that's one thing I did want to say is they didn't. They sent two new deputies. One was so oh. young he was like a he was like still a bachelor and stuff. He was like newly deputized. So they're like, hey, new guys, go get them. <laughs> AFNGs, get your asses <laughs> in there. <laughs> Hutch, you know you turn eighteen tomorrow. You're about to become a man today, though. Why, why Why? I gotta be the one to go in there? Just take this mine cart, light a bunch of shit, and you're gonna throw a fireball at him. Like, what, what kind of fucking plan did you send them kids in there with anyway? Like, oh, you can. <laughs> yeah. Can't we just light this here and shove it down there or something? There's 200 of us. Why don't we all light a fucking torch then and let's go in there and throw our torches if that doesn't make a big fire? Boy, we want the mine intact. That's my silver. <laughs> Why not some dynamite? No. <laughs> well, so that's what they go to next. Now they use dynamite Knock to fucking off. blow the entrances. This is Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Rambo yeah. got the story from. <laughs> oh, I wish a dirt bike had been invented, because if he come out there on a wheelie, like we, we got the whole fucking movie. Yeah, he came out on one of those fucking mining cars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With a reverse fireball and threw it at them. On the eighth day, he built a motorcycle. <laughs> no, it... he comes out with an Iron Man suit. <laughs> Tony I... Stark built this in a cave. I Tony am... Lopez. I am Antonio Stark. <laughs> He comes out on a, standing on a fucking cart, firing off his rifle like fucking Buffalo Bills Wild West show and shit. You guys fucked with the wrong one today, man. Instead of lasers, he's fucking hurling fucking rhinestones at people. <laughs> <laughs> rhinestones. <laughs> Hell no, you an asshole. <laughs> At some point, I feel like I feel like at some point the deputies were kind of like, "Hey, didn't you guys even like this fucking Juan Valdez guy? What are we even doing here, man? Right? We sure got in a lot of trouble over this shit. We should have probably just let him be. He was really fucking good. Plus, he's in there taking all our silver, right? <laughs> yeah, you know he's not lazy. He's a great fucking miner. He's just in there right. stacking chips all by himself, he's just shooting that job between breaks. <laughs> it's his hobby." So, yeah, they use dynamite to seal them in. They try blowing smoke through the tunnels. They try and do everything they can. Uh, multiple reports of sightings keep the operation going for over a month. This is a stake out like month. Waco, Texas. <laughs> like, none of that took this long. These were big standoffs, you know, but like Ruby Ridge, you know, all that. That was like four days to a week. Wait, you know, what like, is, a month? What is he eating, really? What are they eating, though? There's no, like, they have to have, like, a 
back then supply train, like there's 200 men. They mm-hmm. didn't take a prairie schooner full of like sides of beef and shit like that, you know? Like Yeah, and it's not the military. We don't have logistics to fucking supply these people with food. So see I that little boom town? Like that would support like the 25 workers there. There's not a restaurant that we could take 200 cats to right there, you know? Yeah. Like if we went to see the Michigan game or something, like we can't take 200 people anywhere comfortable in modern times. Like back then when shit don't exist. What year is it? There's telephone poles. Uh, about 1913 to 14 right now. So this is 1913, like but those wouldn't be telephone poles. Those would be telegraphs. Yeah. So you can send wires and shit. Where telephones came from. Okay. Pre fucking phone. Phone without the talk. You just did it all in Morse code. We got a Mexican in my mind. We'll blow up the whole fucking mind and just get them out of there. Like, there's a well, we seem to have locked them in. There's a grandma on the line. Did he eat dinner? <laughs> send a card in with some food. Oh, we're going to send a card in, Granny. So eventually, we get to January 1914. So this originally started in November 21st, right? So now we're in January of 1914. And they're like, well, if he's still alive, he's got to be weak and starving and shit cold as shit yeah you know like i don't know would he find some wood or something in there and fucking light his own fire or did he, <laughs> he just had a whole that, cart of he fire that whole cart <laughs> he's like thanks i was <laughs> it was getting pretty cold oh maybe here. he took the dude's clothes that he killed yeah eventually they're like all right let's fire this fucking uh let's fire this mine back up let's open it up let's go in there and fucking get this motherfucker out if you you know he can't be doing well. Let's go get him now. He can't kill all of us. <laughs> <laughs> New guys in the front. <laughs> so they go through there. They sweep the mine. And Red Lopez is nowhere to be found. <laughs> this motherfucker G. How did he get He was out? hiding by the front door. And when 200, the 200th guy passed him up, he ran out the front door. <laughs> and walked from Utah to fucking back to Arkansas. Oh, see, he did dress like one of those guys. He's like... The other one got killed and walked He's, in, right, he took his He's in with the Mexican Americans looking for himself. <laughs> Where is this red? <laughs> He's sitting off. Don't they have the red? Where's red? I think I seen him over there. <laughs> I think he went that way. So Red Lopez's Utah crimes would re- remain unsolved by Utah law enforcement for 90 years. 90 years? Yeah. Wow. Well, because they never found him. So they he, he left the fucking... They go through the mine. He's not in the mine anywhere, and they can't fucking oh, find this, him. There's, this is the last they've seen of him? Well, this is the last they've seen of yeah, him. They're okay. still sitting out the entrance yeah. outside Yeah, the but now we went from Rambo to D.B. Cooper. Like, this is fucking <laughs> wild. This is the Wild like, West, Where J-Bone. the fuck is he? <laughs> Where is Red? <laughs> He's gone. Now, a lot of it said where they really fucked up was by going in and arresting and beating the Mexican community. Once they found out he was in his mine, that's who all worked in the mine and knew it inside (laughs) and out. So they were able to sneak him in and out food and then finally eventually help escape. So while they're all just at the main entrances and shit. And they already had that Pancho Villa uh, kind of folklore going. Like the people were, like you said earlier, Robin Hood-esque, like. Yeah. yeah, let's get behind him. He's like, the people's criminal. Exactly. So, yeah, most people suspect that because all the local law enforcement and white people had pissed off the Mexican community so bad that they kind of banded together and figured out ways to help them out, sneak them food, and eventually 
help them find some way to get out of the mine. Dummies. But either way, all they know is they fucking stake it out for over a month, and then they finally go in. And this motherfucker's nowhere to be found. He's living it up in Cancun on your silver, asshole. And they're idiots. They didn't even think that. Like, hey, we piss off all these Mexican guys. They might. No, they, they were might so help fucking them. scared. And like yeah. <laughs> Lorraine said, like he was the people's criminal, and all the gringo asshole police officers were candy asses. See, <laughs> see. <laughs> the November twenty first shootout was the deadliest in the history of Utah law enforcement. So even to this day, this day that's the deadliest law enforcement shootout in Utah history. So we're going to take a quick smoke break, refill our drinks, and we'll be back in a minute. Everywhere the lights create an atmosphere. Water in your lungs, you pray for death, but life is here. 
You're about to die, face it, you're about to die Zero sand in your glass, fuck it, you can't even cry Put a dagger to your neck, just to keep yourself in check Put a dagger to your neck, just to keep yourself in check Everybody grab a side as you fight to stay alive Dancing on a hand grenade so you can die and they survive Silver bullets in the sky, dropping seven second death Scattering the children, run, rubbing till there's nothing left Ashes in the water, sons and daughters holding flags up high Wallowing the harbor as the military tanks arrive Penetrate the border with disorder like an animal Every war is the honor of turning kings into cannibals. All right, we're back. And drunk. <laughs> so we uh, just sent the lovely and talented Lorraine McLean up to mix us up some drinks. Ooh, and ooh. Uh, it's kind of like my original drinking crew, like kind of like in life, not even on the show. <laughs> <laughs> like, like just as a person on this earth is me, Tone, and J-Bone. So this is why... Uh, we're so fucking goofy because we've been at this for about twenty years of like this exactly. <laughs> Shit, more than twenty years. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you're counting just you and J Bone. Yeah. Shit. I don't know how to lose to get drunk, but when I do, I do it with you guys. Yeah. So me and J Bone would be at about three decades. You know, Tone came in at about two and a half, but they picked me up when I was like sixteen or something. You know. <laughs> Bad influence. <laughs> Great influence. He oh. knew we would help him find a cure for sobriety. <laughs> so I actually, I was doing some research for a guy that we're going to be covering in the future. And at one point he was already running a crew and uh, he picked up this dude and he was a hotshot gangster, but he was 16 years old. And at first I was like, what the fuck? And then I was like, oh yeah. So he's like their tone. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. He was their young gun. <laughs> you want to roll with us? Man? I'm only 16. Yeah, we're pretty stupid. It's cool. <laughs> Well, and as of now, we're midway through December, so we're almost done with season two, and uh, we had the old fashions in season one, so I figured it's only it's only fitting we got to at least have an old-fashioned episode in season two, so what do you guys think? I mean, I know we've had them before, I know you guys have had old fashions, <laughs> you've had Lorraine's old fashions, we had them on the show. They're but... new, new cherries. They're Travis City cherries. Yeah, we did yeah. use Travis City tart cherries. We? Oh, we. that was we. in that other beer you had. Right? Yeah. And by we, we met, I said, yeah, that sounds good. And she bought them, made them, <laughs> did everything else. Like, they come in a jar or something? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. They're, so, they're okay. by the liquor, like where you get like margarita salt or lime juice, all the mixers. They're they're like that. Uh, Mara- that? Maraschino there cherries. Go, yep. They didn't even have those in that section. They were well, the, thank God, because Lux- you got some Michigan tarts, some Traverse Luxardo. City Prides. I guess they they had a cheap brand, but oh, who's wants them eighty nine cent fucking <laughs> fake cherries when you can? You live in Michigan if you don't want these tart fucking people come from all over the world. It's not just big here. It's like Maine's blueberries or Idaho's potatoes or whatever the fucks, whatever the fucks. Oh, yeah, we've covered it on here before, but you know, it's for some people this is their first episode. But yeah, Traverse City, Michigan, is the cherry. world capital, cherry capital of the world. That's sure. where the Red Wings hold their training camp. So when we left off, Red had fled a Utah mine. 
basically leaving them in a stupor is unsolved crime for 90 years. <laughs> Biggest 90 shootout years. to this day. They have no clue what's going on. They're just like, well, fuck. JFK assassination all over. Like, <laughs> I guess we we're going to start them. releasing documents of red now because it's not, <laughs> it's no longer national security at risk here. <laughs> what they don't know in Utah is after managing to escape the mine, red fled to Texas where he started a gang of outlaws where they spent their whole time robbing banks, trains, stagecoaches, anything they could up and down both sides of the Rio Grande. And they basically stayed on the Rio Grande because that was the major, the travel route. Everybody else would have to kind of go up and down. Stagecoaches, everything passed that up. Yeah. Settlements, everything popped up around water. It's Texas a long time ago. So they, you know, if they got in trouble, they'd just jump to the other side. You could walk across that river. Even today, you and then you some, see them old movies where the cowboys ride their horse across a small river. That's usually the Rio Grande. Yeah, they so. literally go down that bitch robbing shit, and then at some point just find a spot, cross over, and then just go back up robbing the other side. Nice. He spent basically most of 1914 just robbing stuff. Right up and down the Rio Grande. <laughs> really? For a whole year. <laughs> yeah, what have you been doing? Robbing shit. Or is, is that a Tyler the Creator clip? Like, what have you been doing? I've been doing bad shit. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Red Lopez and Tyler the Creator. Same fucking dude. So was he giving it to the poor? Because he was Robin Hood, you no. said? You said he was Robin Hood. No, I'm saying some people thought he was like oh. a Robin Hood. Look, at the ultimately, Robin Hood probably wasn't Robin Hood. Right. I mean, was Al Capone Robin Hood? He was like a Robin Hood. Why? Because he opened a soup kitchen? He opened a soup kitchen because he was getting bad publicity because of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. So he's trying to get people's on his side. I mean, I'm not saying he's a terrible dude, but these guys are ultimately, they're, they're criminals because I mean, they're them first. He's for himself. First. Red did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always got to bring up old shit. In 1915 and 1916, Red Lopez joined his father and his uncle fighting for Pancho Villa's army in the Mexican Revolution. So he's in Mexico now? Well, they fought a lot of that. Eventually, they moved their way over here, too. Arizona so and Texas, yeah, a lot of that was they did a lot They of, were trying to take it back. They lo- wanted yeah. All the way back to California. They went in Nevada. All that yeah. was theirs. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit. But yeah, so they were working. They started working on this side too. But at first, the American government was sending, sending them guns and support and stuff like that. Hmm. And, <laughs> that's a hmm. shocker. <laughs> and then eventually that changed. And then Pancho Villa <laughs> became mad. And then now he's like a fucking terrorist. And they're like, and we hate him. And in the meantime, he's mad. He's like, now we're losing. Basically, what happened was Pancho Villa started losing the revolution, and America decided, well, yeah, we were backing him, but ultimately we're better off if this shit stops. So this guy's the president, so we're just gonna back him just because we just want this all to be over with and mm-hmm. shit. So he goes and fights with, with Pancho Villa's army for a couple years. So there's a there's a couple inaccurate incidents attri- attributed to him. So in 1914, this is a story that people tell. So if you look up Red Lopez, this will be one of the first stories you hear. Is that in 1914, near the international border, him and his man, him and his men derailed a train, robbed it, and killed 19 of the 20 American passengers on board. So there's actually nothing to support that. There was a <laughs> robbery like in that area where they did like derailing trains was a big thing they do at the time. They just smacked the fucking train the the tracks out wider and when they'd hit that spot around a curve or something they pop off the fucking rail and they'd be stuck and they could go on there there was an incident where like four you know four or five americans got killed there's really no evidence they did something like that but he might have been involved 
on January 11th, 1916, his uncle Pablo Lopez is credited with an incident where 16 American employees of the American Smelting and Refining Company were moved from a train near Santa Isabel Chihuahua, and they were all stripped and executed. Ooh. So he might have been there. We don't know for sure. He definitely didn't do it as a criminal. He might have did it as uh, a soldier, which would still make him a criminal. It's a criminal act, but that's actually attributed to Pablo Lopez because he was like the general of that group. But this incident's now known as the Santa Isabel Massacre. I like- 77 Americans killed by Mexicans. <laughs> Will you support me in rounding them up? <laughs> so, so that's actually seventeen. This cut it off a little oh, okay. bit. Okay, um, but like same damn thing, though, Big Tone. Same damn thing. Looks exaggerated a little bit. Some sometimes these old timey fucking newspaper articles are so fucking inappropriate. So between the Santa Isabel massacre and then there was another issue where incident where Pancho Villa sent some of his guerrillas into Columbus, New Mexico, and they attacked, like, a, a cavalry unit, American cavalry unit there. It seems like probably what they were trying to do was they needed to restock. They had to, they'd been getting their equipment. Supplies, yeah. Yeah, they'd been, they'd been stocking up supplies from the Americans, is where who had been supplying them with most of their stuff, and now they weren't, and they needed more stuff. So they were like, well, there's a small little detachment. We can we could jump them and kind of kick their ass real quick. You know what I mean? I know they grabbed, there was something, they grabbed like 100 horses and 20 mules. They grabbed some guns. <laughs> so they grabbed whatever they could from there. And then now you had the Santa Bell, you had the Santa Isabel massacre, and then you had them attack, uh, attack an American military group in Columbus, New Mexico. Between these issues, that kind of prompts America to activate troops and send them down south. And Pancho Villa was a pretty scrappy dude. He was a guerrilla, but he had like, by this point, he had mostly lost the revolution and his, he had like the small group of between a hundred to 500 men, you know, so he didn't have a lot that he was working with. And you know, the Americans just sent down a huge military unit, like 2000 guys. And, uh, they end up pushing them back into Chihuahua. So Pancho Villa would still fight on until like 1923. So he's got like seven years of fight left in him, but he was most mostly just stuck in like Northern Mexico. You know, once America kind of sent him back over the border, they weren't too worried about, they, they actually did send troops in to try and get him. They couldn't get him once they were in Mexico. They could stop him from attacking America more, but they couldn't catch him in America, in Mexico. And eventually they let him go. But if you thought this headline was bad, check out this political cartoon. <laughs> the dude from Monopoly is chasing fucking Speedy Gonzalez. Is that the Mexican border wall? Yeah, so this was after the fucking uh, attack on Columbus, New Mexico. This is by a dude, uh, hold on, what's his name? I think it was Jerry Maxwell. He says, I've had about enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why is he way bigger? What's he holding? I mean, I know I see the gun, but what's the other thing? I think it's a torch. A torch? Yeah. Well, because you know the Mexicans burn everything down. Apparently, apparently we do. And uh, I think it's a microphone. And he's also got bare feet. (laughs) We're just savages. (laughs) They don't even have shoes. He looks like the old hillbilly mountaineer on Mountain Dew from back in the day. Like, so it's ironic when Vila on his hat. (laughs) So it's ironic when the fact that Uncle Sam is chasing a Mexican over a barbed wire fence is saying, the, we don't want you. That's the least racist part. 
that's not even the bad part. I mean, that's not good, but the right. worst part is the the, the see, Pancho Villa representation. Cheech has look, a lit joint. Fucking, he, he looks like he's three feet, feet tall and shit. Right. Like, Uncle Sam's yeah. just towering over him, knowing that. It, it looks like he's chasing fucking Frodo across a fucking right. like the old little... the old guy with the white beard is jumping yeah. a fence one handed. I've had enough about enough of this. You dang kids. Like, no. Yeah, he does look like he's three foot tall. Like it's just Stop. it's just terrible. With hobbit feet. <laughs> and here you here comes nimble ass Santa Claus jumping a wire fence. Like, look out, boy, I'll get him. Put a boot up your ass. It's the American way, boy. Come here, I had enough of you. Another misrepresentation of bad evidence, there's an author named Carrie Boren that said Red Lopez died in 1916 during a skirmish between American and Villa's forces. No historians agree with that. Like, he for sure didn't, but there's this one author that says, yeah, he died in 1916 um, fighting against America. What really happened was he was down for the war for a couple years. But once it got kicked back over to Mexico, where they just had to stay in Mexico and fight over there, he was like, yeah, I'm not really with that. I mean, it was cool. Good luck. But I'm just going to go back to America and just rob shit up and down the river. <laughs> so he returned to committing crimes with his gang in Texas, where eventually he ended up landing on the radar of the Texas Rangers, who pursue him for years. Which, um, the Texas Rangers are still an organization till today. They're kind of like police special forces and shit. They have some weird. They have some weird saying. It's called uh, "one riot, one ranger," and basically their thing is like even if they have a big event, if they send like a ranger in, it's like sending in a green beret. Their thing is like, well, one of us is worth like a bunch of you, and we make your guys better. So we go with this, you know, one riot, one riot, one ranger thing. Like a one man wolf pack. Yeah. So the Texas Rangers follow him for years, and uh, eventually they come on the radar. This guy, Commander Frank Hager, or Frank Hamer, who was, uh, he's like the fucking chesty plumber of the Texas Rangers. You know what I mean? Like he's their, he's their I hero. I don't know he's what you mean. He's the Elliot Ness of yeah. the oh. Texas Rangers. I know Elliot Ness. Once Frank Hamer, you know, is the commander in charge, he starts getting shit done. Well, I mean, not actually too soon because now we get to 1921. So it still took him like another fucking five years to track this guy down. But eventually... He gets in a situation where he gets information from an informant that they're going to be at this certain spot at a certain time. So he takes this information and he puts together he puts together an ambush to uh, catch Red Lopez. He's going to be the ambush artist himself. He's going to be in this mine for a month. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes and, uh, you know, he's taking his information and he goes, gets to the spot and he's like, this really doesn't feel right. Like, this seems like a bad spot if this goes sideways. And Frank Hamer just gets this this feeling like... This informant set me yeah, up. I don't, I don't think this goes... This doesn't seem right. You know what I mean? And this seems like a bad position. So he opts to move him and his guys away from where he told the informer they were going to be. And he moves them to, like, an elevated position overlooking where they were supposed to be. So... He takes his group of Texas Rangers and they're now watching the spot where they're supposed to be in this like irrigation ditch. And he sees Red Lopez come in with a a group of 20 dudes and they're coming in to flank their position and shit. Frank Hamer, actually, he stood up and he told him he ordered him to surrender in Spanish. And then Red Lopez turned on him and shot at him. (laughs) And then all the Texas Rangers opened up on him and they're in an elevated position and they're all over the hill. Yeah. And uh, easy pickings. 
they ended up killing 11 of Red Lopez's gang, including Red Lopez. None, none of the Rangers were killed. Frank Hamer got shot in the face, like grazed in the face. Like he was okay. You know, like he had a, like a macho scar to show, but like, it wasn't like, was that from red? <laughs> well, that's what it said, but who knows? This is also his story, you know? Yeah. So he told him to surrender red busted off a shot, hit him in the face. And then they just fucking unloaded onto him. What we do know is they killed 11 of them and none of the Texas Rangers died. I've got the high ground Anakin. <laughs> that's funny so hamer also in his career he would eventually go on to lead the posse that was responsible for killing bonnie and clyde this is all around that same time no way well this was about so this was in 29 right here yeah it was a 29 probably great depression i'm saying like probably 30 early 30s like 31 or something so about 10 years later Hmm. you know so within a decade of each other okay that's that guy standing there uh, no, that's just a random law enforcement guy, but that is for sure Bonnie dead in that car. And uh, you could still go see the Bonnie and Clyde car that to this day. That car's in the museum. Yeah, it's just riddled with bullets and shit. So basically, Frank Hamer had a style of policing. It's called ambush them and shoot the fuck out of them. Um, but some of his guys did say, like in that uh, in the red Lo- in the red Lopez, the shooting there. A lot of his guys said that if we would have stayed where we were supposed to be, we'd red would have killed you. Yeah. yeah. His hunch that something was fishy. Well, I made a silly joke, but that's what happened. Red sent that guy into town to be a fake informant. And they were set up in the right spot, but Hamer had a hunch. That got him out of there. If he didn't have that hunch. They would have just been chilling when they rolled up. There's old Red shooting fish in a barrel again. Like, just pop, pop, pop. Frank Hamer documented the incident, but the Rangers never reported it to Utah law enforcement. So that's why it remained open for 90 years. So they killed him in 1921, and they had all that information. But it was just Texas Ranger information, and they were just doing their own fucking thing. After years of investigating on his own time and money, Deputy Sheriff Randy Lish of Salt Lake County confirmed that Lopez of Utah and Lopez of Texas were the same man, and the case was closed. And the case was closed. <laughs> this can't be Lopez. Good work, asshole. Lopez of Texas? No. This is Lopez of Utah we're looking for. As in January 24th, 2003. I think you got to the bottom of that. 90 years later. Yeah. Well, and what's fucked up about that is because it's like, even if they hadn't killed him. He would be dead, dead from natural causes. Right. Like, Either way, he's off the books, right? Because I'm going to use my own money, time, and resources right now and tell everybody here <laughs> that anybody born in 1890 is already dead. Case closed. Utah. Case closed. I just solved all the cold cases of the early 1910s. How could you, you be so sure? You told me. Red Lopez was still on America's Most Wanted up to 2003. Yeah, John Walsh. At large. About him. John, John Walsh is waiting outside that mine. Like I know he's still. Him and Geraldo. <laughs> when we open up this vault, what are we going to find? Well, we could finally take that post of Red Lopez now. Wanted. So that's the story of Red Lopez. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Go on. The last time you're going to see a bad guy like this again, let me tell you. So this episode was for Leo from Boise, Idaho. He set us up a couple times. Oh. And... He's had a lot of recommendations, so we covered some of his feedback one time. He originally hit us up and said, cover more Mexican bad guys. 
which was a legitimate uh, request because when he said that, I'm like, we cover all kinds of people. And I looked and the only Mexican <laughs> we had covered was Chavez, right. you know, and uh, so I'm like, well, fuck. But the problem is a lot of the guys he requested, I looked into and there's a reason a lot of them haven't been covered. So it's not that I don't know who these guys are, but it's very little information. Well, no. So here's the thing. Like Los Zetas, they don't have a good sense of humor or, or the Cineola cartel, you know, oh. they, they will chop your head off or put a fucking flaming tire around your neck. And oh, shit, right, you know? yeah. So we, yeah. yeah, we don't want to talk about that. Yeah. So they don't think this shit's funny. Yeah. Like they're not, they don't have a good sense of humor. And then uh, also, you know, La M.A., you could just Google, like, the production of American Me, see how that went for, you know, Edward James Olmos and shit. So, look, they don't like to be talked about, and I appreciate and respect their, you know, desire to not be talked about. So, I, I get You don't want to be manscaped yeah. by those fellas. <laughs> but, yeah, but, so Leo's listened for a long time, and he's actually been really patient, you know what I mean? And he keeps making requests, and it's guys that we don't keep covering. But I want to try and cover some Mexican guys, so I had to do some research, okay, on, like, you know, okay which Mexican bad guys can we cover that won't get us decapitated? <laughs> and Red Lopez seemed like a better option. Nice. But yeah, so all Leo's requests, those guys are on the radar and it's something I'm going to try and do moving forward. But like I said, and that's not the only organizations where we got to be careful on who we talk about, but doing what we do, we're kind of drunk goofballs. Right, so I'm not trying to well, and most talk of, about the like, Yakuza and shit like right. that. <laughs> to, to like, they Sinaloa and them <laughs> are active right now. Like most of the gangsters and stuff for Leo that yeah. we touch on are, you know, Al Capone, Red. All these people are long since dead. The cartel, they will come <laughs> put me chopped up in 10 different barrels. I don't Wait, want that. I got a request for Leo. Yeah, <laughs> explain that blue football field down there, Leo, in Boise. <laughs> come on, Leo. No. Yeah, you hit real. us up a couple times. Go to Manscaped and order with the code bad guy. But, well, but so Leo also recommended a couple dudes that uh, we can do. Yeah, and uh, and we're working on it. But there's guys that have a lot of research, so I'm not. He's trying like, to... hey, cartel will fuck you guys up for this guy. <laughs> do him. Well, eventually he kind of co- he, he he covered some mobsters and shit. Like uh, a lot of a lot of people want us to cover some more of these. Uh, you know, like some DefCon One types. You know, some violent types. Sure. You know, and I get that. So we're working on it, and I'm taking in listener consideration. But I. For one, I appreciate the support and I appreciate the feedback. So, you know, we, we'll try to accommodate whenever possible. So, oh, how, how about you accommodate this? I, I mean, you did my Mexican part. How about my Puerto Rican side? Now? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Well, that's a that's another problem. The, most of the Puerto Rican gangs that we could cover are still pretty up and pretty running. active. <laughs> so. And we li- we live fairly close to Southwest Detroit. Like making a joke where, like making a podcast where we make jokes about the Latin Kings is not a great idea. <laughs> and the Puerto Rico community down there, it's huge. Like it's almost <laughs> as big as Mexican town now. There's a huge so Puerto Rican. Uh, we can offer you this tone. We can make Cuban sandwiches next time you're here. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> You you could have put blank space sandwich. You could have went baloney, but we're Ruben gonna have sandwich, yeah, club yeah, sandwich, yeah, yeah. Cuban sandwich. Like, BLT. Yeah. I'm down. So you guys haven't seen a picture. So say we we're going to cast a movie about Red Lopez. Antonio Banderas. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, Jay. <laughs> I have to pick Pitbull, Pitbull. but with 
with a hairpiece. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the guy from the Dos Equis commercials. Yeah. <laughs> Like maybe an older red, like how uh, like Emilio Estevez was in Young Guns when it's like the 40s, 50s when there's cars and he's like, I don't know what we were doing back then. You're protecting his. <laughs> that would that would be red, like as fucking the most interesting man. What we were doing back then is robbing silver mines, but what we are doing now is drinking dosakis. <laughs> But no, I honestly like that's a good pick for me. I was kidding around, but Pitbull, but like not with a shape with, with, with hair. Has yeah. he ever been in a movie? He's been in a Bud Light commercial. Are are? I feel self- good. How about you? I feel good. How about you? <laughs> well, I mean, we need Mr. More, Worldwide. We need more God club rap, fucking Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> so Mr. International, how the fuck could you not? So the rest, do you three don't even pick? Hey, don't show the pick. Don't these guys get a pick? I right. had no, I, right. I had no. But okay, <laughs> I'm sticking with Tones Antonio Banderas versus my Hey, Lorraine. But for the record, well, hold on. When we're talking about gangster shit, though, like if we're talking about Desperado, Antonio Banderas, he could play any Hispanic, even like a Sicilian, like hitman, like a skilled hitman of that time. Antonio Banderas would kill that shit. Like, Dude, we know him as a pretty boy actor, but if this was to play show. cats, he could play fucking Puss in Boots. Like he's <laughs> that dude. He's fucking dope at all his shit. Yeah, right. Puss in Boots. But Lorraine, shit. what? You know, um, he's a comedian. It better not be Mencia. You want to say like <laughs> John Leguizamo? John Leguizamo. 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 I. That's you know that guy's, that might that might be a good pick. That's I his mean, guy's cousin. That's fucking uh, <laughs> Antonio Banderas' little cousin. Because I don't know, you would think like Red, a Mexican named Red. He's probably on the lighter side. You wouldn't call a dark Mexican Red. I, I don't think. It just seems like a goofy motherfucker. No like, oh, I've been in here for eight days. Just kidding. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I was thinking Kelly Ripa's husband, but. He's not uh, a Mark real, He's not a really good actor, though. He's not a really good. Have you anything. seen those fucking soap operas? They're horrible. <laughs> he's supposed to be good, but he's not. <laughs> I seen him as that cop on Friends. He's real good. <laughs> 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 Officer oh, Hanson. Then it could be Carrie's husband in real life. What's that oh, guy's yeah. name? Fuck. He's a better actor than Mark. <laughs> Whose husband? Carrie Heffernan. Leah Remini's. Leah Remini. Leah Remini's oh, husband. Yeah. Real husband. Mexican. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he's starred on the show a couple times. Nice. On what show? King of Queens. Oh, on you don't that watch show. Carrie Heffern- Heffernan? His name is Angelo Pagan. Yeah. So it, I guess it looks like Pagan? he's... Pagan? Yeah, it looks like well, he's Cuban. Is he Cuban. a real Pagan? He's Cuban, I guess. Mm. But he... So he was on King of Queens, and he's been on like four or five different episodes, and every time he plays a different character. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like an unforgettable or uh, a forgettable character. Well, no, they do it under a lot. So um, we didn't forget. Uh, Doug Heffernan's wife, so Kevin James' real life wife, was also on there several times, and every time she played a different lady she's, too. Really, she's Asian. Yeah. And then there's this one. There's this one comedian, um, that's like good friends with Kevin James. He's been on King of Queens. He's played like 14 different characters. What? Yeah, he'll play like the football coach, the locksmith, the. Really? Just random How do dude? people just not notice that shit? <laughs> well, no, you do. They just oh, don't they... give a fuck. It's almost like an Easter egg or whatever. I got you. Okay. Lock notices. Well, I watch King of Queens a lot, so I do. You know, I do notice it. But then I started. I've read shit about it. 
So here's a picture of Red Lopez. Oh, he looks like the guy. Well, the prison guy that plays on everything. Oh, fuck. Danny, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. He does look like a Dan, uh, young Danny Trejo. He's got that mean sure. scowl. Yeah, for sure, man. He looked like a G. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like you shouldn't fucking follow him right. into a clearing. Exactly. For goddamn sure. Fucking Red Lopez. Like hey, and you look, that's like snowy ass wherever the fuck he's at, too. <laughs> that's right before he went to but the But that could be like an album on a rapper's cover right Wait. now. That's an old ass, like from the 19 teens picture. So that's that picture is 1913. So that was the same year that all this shit popped off. How did you not have DC on here? Because he looks like DC. <laughs> <laughs> I see why they didn't go into the fucking mine. <laughs> mine. Well, he's so tall. He's so tall. He don't fit in the picture. He's right. My man got like a twenty-inch computer screen. He so don't the, even fit on the fucking screen. The man. guys that were waiting outside of the mine, they're literally like that cartoon that we saw. They were the little guys. He's jumping over the fence. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. You know, he's, he's Uncle six, Sam and right. fucking the Uncle the U- Sam Jackson. Utah Police Department's uh, fucking. Some, gonna... His shit says, I'm about sick of this goddamn <laughs> shit, cracker. Right. I've had enough of this. Crack ass, crackers. <laughs> <laughs> You're smoking a cigar with no hands, you fucking badass. He uh he looks like he wouldn't fuck with his lady. He looks like that. Wait, did he ever have a lady? He looks. Uh, he killed some dude over one. Yeah, oh, it might have been no. that dude's lady. Either way, I don't know. Does he have like, a kid? I don't know. I don't know. Little red. Let's little, let's, little uh, let's do research. See if we can find like a <laughs> little... Lopez. See if we can find a Lopez in the Texas area, little and Rojo. it might be him. So now we got to do the DefCon scale. So standard DefCon scale is five to one. Five being the lowest, one being the highest. But the Bad Guy Podcast, there's no good guys. So five would be Lee Murray, who's your drug dealing, kidnapping, bank robber. And one would be the Purple Gang, who's got multiple gang wars, multiple massacres, and they're killing people on the street. So on a scale of Lee Murray to the Purple Gang, where would you rate Red Lopez? I like him. He's at a five. I probably got to say four because he did kill people. but (laughs) killed a lot of people. (laughs) But I like him. No, I I was thinking a four, like I, I think Red Red is a really badass, but he's not like a that horrible criminal that was just killing people for no reason. I mean, yeah, he killed some cops, but I mean, if you come after somebody, you know that's the risk you take. So it's not like he was just shooting someone's grandma down the street for no fucking reason. <laughs> Me, I go all the way up towards a two. He's not pure evil, but like the essence of the defcon part of the bad guy he's totally that badass type badass and he would kill he was a great marksman in the wild west you know shows i I can see your point oh that but like so mine isn't the like usually a one or whatever is for like he said like the purple gang or alec baldwin people that just kill the kill (laughs) fucking (laughs) 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 like i'm giving them the two i'm giving them that high up their defcon for the uh the Aww. imposing, like badass aspect of the the bad guy. You're, you're kicked off this show. <laughs> <laughs> wow, too early, Jay. Too early. Too, too soon. soon. <laughs> too soon, buddy. I would be friends with this guy. Look at that picture. 
I mean, he kind of looks like my older brother 20 years from now. Stop. He does. <laughs> and you you call that one bro time. <laughs> bro time. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking like a DEFCON 3 because he did kill some people. But like you said, is most of it, I, I kind of land them towards the middle because I get what j bone saying in the the imposingness he was good at what he did you know he fucking when he got when he got going he was good at it you yeah. know what i mean but outside of the one killing he killed a guy we don't know what it was over if it was over a, a girl or whatever what if he was right I, honest yeah well, we don't know what if he was right what if it didn't happen i don't know what the fuck happened the guy came after him right well, other than his killings other than that were pretty much justified like gunfights like when it's like me or you going he's just better right so, i mean just by looking at this picture it looks like the guy came after red because yeah red was definitely banging someone's else's girl <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he looked no like i'm just saying like why like he he's touching on the reasons like why i gave him like a higher up there def kind it wasn't for the pure evil because he's such a good like being in the annie oakley like the wild west shows trick shot riding from a horse he could have if he was eviler if he was any more evil he could have killed a lot more people his body count could have. he probably could have took out the fucking uh the guy that uh, that took him out Frank Hamer. Frank Hamer. Well, if that went right, if the informant, like if Hamer didn't, didn't get a hunch. a hunch and say, hey, let's get up on higher ground, that's how we would have lost Hamer. Mm-hmm. But, like, he was just trying to, there in that instance, he was trying to ambush a cop that was trying to ambush him. So that's what I think. Like, outside of the initial one, almost all of those were, while he was fleeing, people that were coming at him, posses, which we also know posse can be a lynch mob, depending on who's telling the story, right? Could be a posse, could be a lynch mob. What are you going to do? Just hand yourself over and now you're fucking getting hung in the middle of Bingham, Utah? That would fucking suck, well, right? Yeah. Or serving as a soldier. Soldiers do what they're told in, in war scenarios. You know what I mean? So I, I land them around a three. I don't really know how I'm going to score this one because this is the first time where we had... Ooh. I guess he's at a four because me and Lorraine said four. Yeah. So fuck you, bitches. <laughs> yeah, but then you equate what does my two and his three equal? Like if you do it by Four. average. Well, but mine weighs the most. <laughs> Why? Like honestly, yours are just suggestions. <laughs> and mine's mine's a two, but it's retaining water. I don't like this podcast anymore. <laughs> so we're gonna call him a DEFCON three. Zach, this is Crystal Palace. Sink Norad has declared DEFCON three. Scramble all alert aircraft. I repeat, scramble all over aircraft. Motherfucker. One guy said three. <laughs> but average. If you average the four, it's you right around a three You bring my two up to a three, and your guys' is two down to a three, and then we're all at a three. I'm yeah. happy with a three. Well, and I think a three, if you look at the precedent. That's middle of the pack. and When you look at, like, Wild West, like, Wild West kind of outlaws, kind of fall around that number typically only because... They tend to kill people because it was the fucking part of wild their life. west. It was part of their life. You know but what? a lot of them are shootouts, so it's hard to fucking. I'm gonna be know. biased and change my number to a one. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch! He, 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 I, I almost went that way. I went up to a two. I almost went there because a one. Look at the picture. That fits a DefCon that one. That dude. Now they got a posse coming after him. That picture. We're coming after him. He takes off on fucking foot. Me and my four homeboys. I want to know how he got out of that mine. 
Dude, all that <laughs> shit, though, but we're That's coming That's the story after right there. And me, us four, we got horses. We're going to chase this one. He's in the picture with dude. two horses. I'm going to assume, like. But he walked off. So we got horses. Like, we're guaranteed to catch him. And as we get up to him, oh, he shot all four of us. Damn. <laughs> he didn't run. He walked. Then, okay, that the next cigar. My, Now, my brother's going to avenge my death. He's taking 200 motherfuckers to get him. They camped out in front of a mine for a month. And then broke in the mine that they owned. Broke in their own mine and realized, oh, this motherfucker bounced. How long has he been gone? He left on day four. We'll like, never we, tell. we camped out for 28 days, me, you, and the crew for no fucking goddamn reason. Look, he's, you know when he killed your two guys? He left five minutes later. You know when you sent Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. in with the fucking push cart? He left on the cart. On the cart. All right. So before we go, you guys got anything? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Walter Cronkite. I was trying to swallow. Good <laughs> evening. <laughs> we broke talk. <laughs> I love this story. I love this story. You this... didn't have kids? You don't know. <laughs> this and the chaffet. For some reason, I don't know why, but I just... <laughs> some about these stories is just really dig. Yeah. You said, you said, does he have kids? I'm sure he had some kids. Uh, with with uh, other people's wives? With, with, with Juan Valdez's, whoever the fuck. That Indian reservation he shacked Wait. up on. He got a bunch of papooses there. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Say Hello to the Bad Guy. Thanks for coming, and thanks for listening. To the bad guy, bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Smell the dope when I pass by. Down bad, my mama had to be dead. Spent my birthdays in the trap. We had to work with what we had. She been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man. Plus my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the cam. And, and I don't need a hundred friends. I just want a hundred bands, a hundred jugs, a hundred scams. Hey, hey. So I don't money gram the hundred hams. So I don't money gram the bunch of bands. And I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or the pistols. Fuck a judge with a grudge. I'm blowing crud for my mental life. Ay, and I still keep it on me, run into your big homie, first you meet your dead homie, ay, yeah. Say hello to the bad guy, bad guy. the good guy coming last place. You smell that dope when I pass by, pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy, bad guy. Fast lane, let my money at a fast pace, look like a drag race. Control re up in my ashtray, I'm in my bag. Hey, good girl, bad face, no waste, and her ass fake. Hey, and she in love with the bad guy. Hey, but bad bitches never act right. Hey, she act up into that bag fly. I did a turn around at one night. Hey, say hello to the bad guy. Hey, Good guy coming last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. Good guy coming last place. Smell the dope when I pass by.